I'm Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Hanging with Team Kanan. to hanging with team kanan where your favorite rebels talk about the latest episode of star wars rebels and other things from a galaxy far far away i'm katrina dennis aka o katrina and with me are my two co-pilots jonah marie macias hello jonah hello katrina how are you <laughs> my voice is totally <laughs> shot uh, <laughs> oh. i'm i'm good i am happy to be recording with you guys now that nycc is done and i can get Ooh. back into the groove of things and my weekends are now free <laughs> hey. along with us is jeremy conrad hello jeremy how are you hello i'm okay I, you know, when Star Wars news starts breaking, it just the cup overfloweth. The cup oh, overfloweth. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have quite a few bits of uh, of things to go over this episode, including a little review of the Ahsoka novel near the end, just in case you guys were worried about spoilers. It's going to be near the end of the episode, so we'll warn you before we start that. We're also going to talk about the latest episode of Star Wars Rebels: The Antilles in- Extraction. Not instraction, that's that's a very strange word. Uh, and a, a lot of other great stuff. But first off, I want to hear about Jonah. What what was your New York Comic Con like? And do you have any cool Star Wars-y experiences to share? Yeah, I had a great time. I went there as press. Um, and I really expected there to be a Star Wars Rebels panel and a press conference to go with it. But none of that happened. <laughs> But I still managed to capture, you know, some audio and video footage from the Star Wars panels that were there, like the Star Wars Writers Roundtable, which featured a whole bunch of awesome authors, including E.K. Johnston, who recently released her Ahsoka novel. And there was also um, a separate panel that I'm not, I'm totally blanking out on right now. (laughs) But I think the best part of it all was just hanging out with Star Wars friends who had come to the con because it's like sort of a mini celebration of sorts and Mm -hmm. I think the best part was um, the get together that happened on Saturday night which was fun and just hang out with peeps and laugh and talk about Star Wars and yeah it was was just a great experience overall New York Comic Con is really a great place to enjoy everything that San Diego Comic Con offers but at a smaller scale Yay! Well, awesome. Yay, I'm glad you had a really good time. I knew that it would kind of be off this year because there wouldn't have been that Rebels panel because the series had already started and every year it's been the premiere kind of screens at uh, 
New York Comic Con because it, it premieres the next week or the next day normally. So that I definitely could, I detected that, that would be a little like strange at the con this year. Right. I would have liked like an episode or something where they would show a future episode or something like that. Like they have done that for other shows like um, Timeless had recently started and they still had their panel on Sunday. So it was interesting how other people handled how other entertainment brands handle their things. Whereas, you know, there was no Star Wars Rebels present at this year's con, which is a shame because it's been there since 2013, since before the series started. So it seemed very strange to not have a big Star Wars panel. You know, I feel like, uh, and this is kind of me being excited and also very fearful. I think that having all of this skippage is going to result in a lot of sensory overload at Celebration. So oh, I look yeah. forward to that. Because I, I feel like that's going to be within the season of a lot of announcements, especially with publications and, and things like that. So I'm, I've got my fingers crossed that like all this, the, the, the downtime that's understandable because of the timing of everything is also kind of filled the next celebration. So... Fingers crossed, because that's our next big event, I think. I'm really excited for that. So let's hop right into the episode, uh, The Antilles Extraction. This is the third episode of the third season. Am I crazy? I'm, consi- I'm considering it the third. Okay, yeah, it's the yeah. first. I always see it as... But this is technically like the second, the third episode. Uh, I think it's technically the fourth because the premiere was the two. Yeah, the premiere was oh, two, but oh. it's combined into one. So it's considered it's, the third. It's the 41st ah. episode. It's the four- <laughs> I've like lost track at this point. It's just having the season thrown to a Saturday. is just like, I love it because it gives me so much time to watch the show. But like, uh, it, it, it kind of throws me off as far as episode order goes. But either way, everyone's been pretty excited about this episode because this is the episode where Wedge joins the Rebel Alliance and later becomes a hero of the Rebellion. And it's really exciting for all of us, I'm sure, because the Ghost crew is directly involved in Wedge's, what is it, recruitment. That's the word I'm looking for. So going into the episode, the Rebels take a giant whooping at the hands of the Empire. And they discover, thanks to a new Fulcrum agent, that a certain couple of pilots are looking, or trio of pilots, are looking to leave the Empire and join the Rebellion. So let's talk about that opening. We'll talk about the new fulcrum, the devastating attack. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, Jeremy, how are you feeling at the beginning of the episode? I was actually kind of excited. We've talked before how Sabine has never been my favorite character, but it was cool to see her go back undercover, in an, an imperial sense and with all of the pilots and everything and find out a little bit more about how she was in the academy and seeing wedge and hobby and all them and it, it was it was really fun i was really excited to watch the episode and for me it didn't disappoint at all awesome how do you feel about it jonah I was disappointed. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Never. No, no. Although there were some things that happened in the episode that disappointed me personally. But overall, I thought the episode was pretty great. I love Sabine. And it was great to see her in action and do something similar to what Ezra had done in season one. And that was exciting to see roles being switched there. And... I really liked the idea of having Wedge's origin story of sorts being established here. Although I found it interesting that some people commented and said that it was sort of 
like fan service, and it got me thinking about like, yeah. well, st- all of Star Wars is fan service. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Just because we know somebody's name doesn't mean that we know everything about them. No, yeah, that's true. I didn't think it was. I, I that's my personal opinion was that it's just oh, it was a great way to introduce a good pilot because that's what re- the rebels are looking for. They're looking for pilots who will actually survive the next uh, supply run or whatever it is that they do. So that was a great in- introduction for this character, and that's exactly what he does. He's he's a great pilot. So I, I very much enjoyed the episode. You know, going right off of uh, of what you said, I think that this is a great introduction for the pilot because of the timing of the episode. Uh, Life Debt has been out for a little while, and Wedge kind of took um, more of a front row seat in that story as well. So I think having a little more Wedge around the same time is a good way to establish the character because we're learning about what happens to him and what happened to him to bring him to where he was in A New Hope and in, and in the other movies as well. So I think it's really cool the way his character is rounding out narratively. Yeah, it's it's cool, like, bookends, you know? You have Rebels where he kind of starts and then Life Debt where he is several, several years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was kind of cool to see Ezra take more, like, they're really showing him take the initiative and be a leader on the, on the team now. And yeah. it's it's kind of interesting. And I got when he's sitting in that chair, he looks like Captain Kirk. He did. <laughs> <laughs> I got a huge Captain Kirk vibe from him. <laughs> Sabine, you must fly that tie fighter. <laughs> Come back, Sabine. That was the worst Captain Kirk impression. Not that any of my impressions are ever good, but that was probably the worst, the worst bad Captain Kirk impression ever. I, I much favor old Rex over that. Please don't do that again. <laughs> I'll do Kirk and Rex having a conversation and make your head explode. No, no. Um, I, I think I think it was kind of hilarious how um, they basically tore up that shuttle as if the Alliance had like fifty of them. Like Ezra, uh, for as good as of a leader as he was, he just did not care what happened to the ship as long as he saved his friends. So it's like a heart of gold situation, of course, but then it's like, man, you should really watch the way you fly that thing because I'm sure that the Rebellion doesn't have very many of those. (laughs) Very Anakin and Clone Wars. Would you say that, really? Because I feel like Anakin would have actually stopped Kanan from even saying or even stopped Chopper from going into hyperspace like Anakin is the type of person who would forcefully stop something from happening if it meant that he can save that other person especially if that person was Padme yeah and this is what I loved about Kanan and Ezra's relationship throughout the episode like Kanan was a great mentor in telling him you know do you trust her and that led to him being a bit more calmer because he does trust her you know, there were instances where he was like, we can't leave her, but he didn't go overboard like Anakin would in in those cases. Yeah, you're right, like always. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like, he's not Anakin. <laughs> so every time I hear it, I'm like, well, is he? I don't know. Let's take a look at it closer. <laughs> I guess it's, I guess it's kind of the easy way, easy thing to just look at it from afar, I guess, if you're not that attached and say, oh, he's Anakin. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and once you dig a little bit deeper, yeah, he's he's just not. Yeah, he's his own blueberry. <laughs> his own, he's his own blueberry. He, he has reasons that parallel Anakin's, but 
I feel like Ezra's reasons are less selfish than Anakin's. Yeah. And this I'm saying as someone who loves Anakin Skywalker. Like I I started watching Timeless because Matt Lanter was on that show and I wanted to see time traveling Anakin. So <laughs> time traveling he's, Anakin. <laughs> he's not time traveling Anakin, but he's a time traveling guy who sounds like Anakin. So I'm all about it. I'm ready to to go and travel through time and do all this kooky stuff. I'm really excited for that show. Well, for time traveling Anakin, you can watch the jumper movies. <laughs> well, that was oh, more space, God, no. space, space traveling. No. <laughs> We're I'm good. I'm all right. <laughs> Just watch Life is a House. I love hating Christensen oh, though. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you remember when he was cast and everybody was like, "We all have to go see Life is a House now to see what Anakin Skywalker's going to oh, be yeah, like." Oh yeah, I remember that. Uh, I love him though. He's he's a good guy, and I love that he's into fashion now. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That he's a doting father. That sounds nice. Do you guys do that real quick before we go back to the episode? Force ghost Anakin, yay or nay? Oh wait, what? Well, you mean at the end of Jedi? <laughs> like in, in, in like in, no, 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 not Jedi. In, in future movies, Force ghost Anakin, yay or nay? Um, oh, ooh, that's a good one. I say yay. I say yay. Because <laughs> if, if, if you're gonna, if you're, if you're gonna have, if you're gonna have Ewan McGregor possibly come back at some point as Obi Wan, then why not have him come back as Anakin? Yeah. Yeah, I would like that. I would like to have that. And I'm 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 curious as to why he hasn't shown up yet. I mean <laughs> it's yeah, been a when, couple when, of years, Anakin. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> when they cut the when, Force uh, has awakened now. Like there's very yeah. little excuse as far as the th- force goes go not to like come visit. They're like they all like show up and they're in like pajamas like Ebenezer Scrooge. They're like, oh man, who woke us up? Oh, it reminds me of that scene in Mulan where Mushu's like banging on the thing and everyone's waking up and coming out of the the stones. I, I wish that would be a scene. <laughs> I would actually really love if they showed like Hayden and Ewan like fully decked out again as Anakin and Obi-Wan and some of their, like, they appear in front of Rey or whoever the hell they're going to appear in front of. And Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. That'd be fine. I never... I never had a problem with Hayden Christensen like some people did. Yeah, me neither. And I, but I feel like Hayden probably won't return to it. I, I feel like there's too much of a distance between him and those movies. At least for me, I, that's what I see. But I, I, who knows? Maybe he's really has a lot of affection for those movies, and we just don't really know about it. What about a Padme Force ghost? Oh snap! That I would love to see. <laughs> I don't think you'll get Natalie Portman back. No, I don't think oh, so no, either, no, no. sadly. Okay. <laughs> but anyway. Yes, off on tangents. Episode. This episode was more interesting than we did. <laughs> 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 we were, I'm sorry. That was my fault. Uh, oh, I would okay, be yay. No, I, I would I love be yay for Force Ghost Anakin. Yay! <laughs> I, I would be yay for that because I, I feel like I feel like Hayden needs another chance with a real good writer and not to diss anybody but I just feel like the combination wasn't correct. And so I would be all right with that or like a whatever. Cer- a certain somebody was not necessarily known for getting the best out of his actors is how we'll put it. And that somebody is, is Agent Callis. No. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Agent you know? Callis, do you guys think he's fulcrum or not? Uh, yes. Now, see, I had when I was watching the episode, I thought to myself, I said, what if? Because of that line that Tarkin or Tarkin <laughs> that um 
Thrawn says in the first episode, they will lead themselves to their own doom or whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, what if he's Fulcrum or he's using Callus as Fulcrum to lure them into a trap? And I'm mm. glad to see from going on Twitter that a lot of people like kind of may have came to the same conclusion. I saw a couple other people think that, but I I'm starting to swing around in that line of thinking. I think it might be Callus, but he's being used by Thrawn. Oh, that's still, so sad. Because he's still conflicted about whether to completely turn over to the rebel side. Hmm. Or it's Callus doing it. He's doing it genuinely, but Thrawn is monitoring him. Oh, yeah, that could be it, too. Thrawn has to be involved in that somehow. Yes. I never. I didn't even think of factoring him in. That's interesting. Because if he's this master, like, master of war, and he's, like, the ultimate chess player and all that, and all that stuff... You would think that he would know that there's a fulcrum. Yeah, yeah. And that there's a traitor in his midst. And you would think he would know all that. Hmm. That's interesting. Oh, poor Callus. I like the idea of him being fulcrum. And I was also interested in what he said about uh, we're even. You know, it made it sound like it was a one-time thing. And that makes me wonder if he were to come across a situation where he had to do something good. Would he do it or would he stick to what his principles are in terms of the Empire? I think he'd do it and then Thrawn would kill him. Oh, no. Sad times. No, that sexy no. voice cannot go away. I don't want, I don't want him to die either. I, <laughs> I actually, he's one of my three favorite characters on the entire show. Yeah, he's and so I, cool. Although he's, he says Zeb's full name and I'm, for a split second, I'm like, who the hell is he talking about? And then I went, oh, yeah, Zeb. <laughs> Because I'm so not used to hearing his full name. No. And I love that he said Aurelius. Uh, and I'm like, I'm so used to saying Aurelius. I love the like how we all pronounce different things, everything so differently. Oh, mm-hmm. how do you guys how do you guys say at at? Not that it matters oh, at all. I'm <laughs> this conversation. <laughs> how did this get here? Why are we here? Why are we here? I, poor I say, Angie th- I say today. yeah, I know. Poor, jeez. Oh, I've uh, always said ATAT. Me too, ATAT. Just because you know AT, uh, ACT, and then ATST, uh, STDs, and all these other things. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like using nicknames. I like whoa, so many acronyms. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I like using nicknames like Chicken Walker and stuff. I, I like I like those. Those are nice. Oh, those are I've nice. I've been calling the ones at Axe. At, at <laughs> Axe? No, I cannot do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just not there yet, man. I'm not there yet. Uh, yeah. So uh, Sabine ends up being Wedge's co-pilot uh, or Wedge's um, companion pilot on a training mission where they hesitate for too long to destroy a rebel ship that looks very much like the ghost. They're reprimanded, things happen, and it turns out that Wedge and his buddies are the ones that want to uh, leave the rebellion. His buddies are named Rake and Hobby. Rake? Or is it Rake? I forgot. Rake, yeah. Yay! Well, well, Rake, (laughs) we'll get to him in a second. So what did you guys expect out of this episode, and did it deliver like that team-up feel? To be honest, and I had mentioned this in other things, was that the fact that I I thought there were going to be more pilots interested in defecting. Like, I didn't think it was just going to be those three. I mean, obviously, we saw them, Wedge and Hobby, already in the trailer, having given that salute to whoever it was at the time. And I thought there would be more for some reason. And I am sad that that didn't come true, (laughs) that it was just Wedge and Hobby. And the poor, poor person of color ended up dying in the 
the process. And I'm like, well then. Mm-hmm. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't register to me like instantly, but after I thought about it for a moment, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> That's uh Oops. Yeah, that was a big. <laughs> why oops. couldn't they all survive? <laughs> and and but, yeah, why couldn't they all have survived? I mean, they got to show that there are stakes, you know, and the the, the risks are high. But yeah, they should still, just kill like, they, Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they should have just killed Wedge. Kind of, when it came to that, it's like, well, I mean, uh, they couldn't kill Sabine. They're not going to kill Sabine. They're not going to kill Wedge. And they're not going to kill Hobby because Hobby's also yeah, in the movie so as well. So they kind of wrote. I, they kind of wrote themselves into a corner and they're like, ah, crap. Yeah, but, they pretty much did. But, um, yeah. and But then that's where the more pilots would have been. Yeah. You know, would have come in handy if you had more, at least five of them. And one of them had had died. Then that sounds evil. But like at least that loss would have had kept the balance there in some way. I, I, I don't know how to exactly say it, but no, yeah, that that, that's right. where, that's where they should have added more, a little bit more pilots. So that way that didn't stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. I like, she turned that corner in that hallway and saw wedge and them talking. And I was like, so that's going to be it then. Yeah. There's, like, yeah. there's like 25 that a... pilots there. That's it. They're risking everything. <laughs> three people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The, rebe- the rebellion has high stakes, people. I mean, that this really shows you where that, like, we're constantly kind of reminded in those harsh ways that the rebellion is still in like its birthing area. You know, it's still very young, and their resources are limited. And that's why I was uh, worried about that ship that Ezra almost completely <laughs> wasted. Because it's like the- these people are not made of money, like. <laughs> This comes out of like Bail Organa's wallet, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> he's constantly looking at his checkbook <laughs> and just shaking his head, <laughs> like this is this is not working out for me. <laughs> See, this is this is the upside to Anakin Skywalker not being part of the rebellion. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, what, what else happened in this episode? I'm trying to think. I do want to talk about the little showdown between Governor Price and Sabine. <gasps> yes. I just freaking out during that whole but i was so i was cheering for both of them <laughs> <laughs> it was such a rough and brutal fight it was pretty awesome was like yeah girl yeah girl <laughs> both the girls <laughs> yeah that was great i want more of that <laughs> that was a great display of lady power right after that uh sabine wedge and hobby get away after having lost their friend rig and Callus helps them find the safe, safest route and says, tell Garazeb Aurelios we're even. <laughs> <laughs> that, see, I can have voices too, you guys. <laughs> they get away in a high bomber and then they recruit Wedge to the Rebellion. So it's a really, you know what I do want to comment on with this episode? Because they're in the sky so much, there are so many great shots of like, over planet shots and in space with all of the the tie bombers coming down and i really appreciated the art direction in this episode yeah totally and especially when their ship got shot and there's like this stream of black smoke mm-hmm. oh man i love that i love that scene that was great that reminded me so much of shadows of the empire when you're on hoth and and when you get hit all you can see is this giant cloud of black smoke and it makes it very hard to do anything else. Oh, man. And that was a flashback. Um, <laughs> I love that video game. So let's top the episode off, I guess. Uh, well, let's let's go over really quick. The Rogue One trailer just came out this morning. 
I didn't have the time to record a reaction to it, so I want to talk about it with you guys. And yeah, I want to know what your thoughts are. Let's start with Jonah. Oh, yeah. I was actually watching that. It's funny because I I get the push notifications from the Star Wars Twitter account. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, my gosh, I had completely forgotten that that trailer was coming out this morning. So I'm I'm literally on my way up to the train to take the train over to work. And I'm watching this (laughs) while I'm walking and trying not to get hit by cars. (laughs) I'm like, this is is what I do for Star Wars. And oh, man, it was awesome. I was freaking out on my way there. And it's a stunning trailer i mean there's so many beautiful shots and all the diego luna awesomeness is there that i wanted <laughs> and oh but it gave me so many goosebumps like it it really confirmed to me like these characters i'm so attached to these characters and i'm scared Seriously. for them like i know stuff is gonna go down but you know we don't know how it's going to go down how much further we're going to get attached to these characters and man I, i'm just going to be taking a lot of tissues with me that night because I, I don't know I'm going to handle it. <laughs> Someone posted a tweet with the shot of K2SO in the cockpit. And then they posted a photo of Wash with the spear in the cockpit of, of his ship. Oh, no. And, and everyone was like, no, how dare you? That's so sad. Uh, <laughs> I know. So hopefully K2SO doesn't die. Perish. <laughs> Unpopular Perish. opinion. I'm not the biggest Firefly fan in the Firefly fan in the universe. Ah, uh, no worries. I know people who watch it and aren't fans of it, but I, I like I it, it. But it's I... not like, holy uh... crap, this is so good to me. Anyway, just yeah, me. yeah. But I do love Alan Tudyk's the man, and I love him. So that part, yes. <laughs> but yeah, what were your thoughts? Well, like, I, I didn't forget, but I, like, actually had a rare, like, full day off today. Ah. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll, I'll watch it on Good Morning America on my TV instead of on my phone. No, I didn't do any of that. And, uh, <laughs> like, I, like, 45 minutes after it premiered, I woke up and there was a bunch of texts on my phone saying, whoa, did, did you see that? And. And I was like, oh, God, yeah, that's right, the trailer. <laughs> and I watched it, like, four times without my glasses on. And I was like, why is this so blurry? Because <laughs> I had my glasses on. <laughs> so when I finally watched it with my glasses on and everything, it was it was pretty great. That shot of Vader coming out of the steam, walking with menace and purpose towards whoever he's walking towards, mm-hmm. I, whew, that's now one of my, the most iconic images of Darth Vader that'll ever be on screen. I'm calling it now. <laughs> Even right. it's it's almost more iconic than stuff from the besides his first entrance in A New Hope. I would put that right up there. That's a very, very intimidating and awe-inspiring shot of Darth Vader. Kudos to Gareth Edwards for hitting that one out of the park. Besides okay. that, like everything else was great. I mean, what's there to complain about really? Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. I love the cinematography in this trailer. The way everything is framed. There's so much emotion behind each shot of the characters and the way they're framed. So I really like that. And I love the wide shots of all the the dogfights and the tropical battle. I'm excited to see what happens on Scarif. Scarif? Yeah, that's another one. (laughs) I've been saying Scarif. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I've been saying Scarif, but I, I don't know if it's uh, more British or more Spanish. Jakku? You know? Jakku? <laughs> Jakku, Jakku. It's going to be At another X. one that everyone... 
Everyone pronounces it differently. But I'm I'm really excited. Like this trailer, it made me want to join the rebellion, man. Like it, if, you, if they just put this trailer out on the Hollow Net as propaganda, I'd be like, I'm in. I'm there. I want to go hang out with those guys because <laughs> every character. It was so cool to see so many characters who were women and people of color delivering such powerful lines and like lines of so much hope. And I think it was really interesting to see Saw Gerrera with his little line that actually layered over Vader's entrance about uh, saving the rebellion. And that's really cool because Saw is a very pessimistic character from what we know. I can't wait for Saw. When he, yeah, when I'm pretty convinced that he's going to die in the movie, and I'm going to be really pissed when he does. <laughs> I don't think oh, they're all going to die, though. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think it's a whole everyone's dead sort of a situation. K two will live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All, all, K2 those kind of droids always tend to stick around. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> but. I'm I'm really excited too. I think it's really interesting the kind of parallels that Saw has to Vader because you can see his body is not completely human anymore. He wears no. this giant armor that I can only assume is not only protective but it helps his the way his body functions. Yeah. And he's walking with a cane, so it's even worse. Vader doesn't need a cane, so Nope. nope. <laughs> no. um i I thought it was pretty neat that obviously people were analyzing this pixel by pixel but what was cool that stood out to someone was that there was a uh one of those hammerhead corvettes that we saw in star wars rebels during the princess leia Mm -hmm. episode and that was hanging around in the background somewhere during one of those fights and i thought oh my god one of the ghost crews in there (laughs) oh wait you, you didn't see the ghost what what I'm just joking. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God! Oh man, that was great. I really had you guys you right really there. Did. I am saving this punch for April. <laughs> so you better have your face ready. I'm gonna punch you in the face. I legitimately got super like, excited. Oh man, I was gonna <laughs> so be like, yeah. Actually, I was about to just put this whole podcast on hold and look at you as a jerk. I was gonna, I was gonna, then I was gonna be like, oh yeah, like Hera and Kanan are there surrounding in the group where they're looking at the Death Star. <laughs> you guys missed all that, yeah. Who, who is that lady in gold? Oh snap, she looks so cool. I don't know if this is real, but somebody else posted the picture and highlighted Akbar in the back. Oh yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. I was like, is that real? Was he really there, and I missed it? He was in a far, far left corner somewhere. That's insane. That guy's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> he's been in everywhere. But yeah, that lady in gold, I definitely want to learn more about her. She's probably a senator or something, mm-hmm. given her attire. So I, I, I want to learn more about her. And I hope, uh, because this trailer has a tendency, these type of trailers have a tendency of showing us footage that may not end up being in the movie, that may have been cut out. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I hope they don't cut her out, because that would be a disappoint, disappointing thing to do. But uh, she, yeah, she definitely caught people's attention. And yeah. her line was pretty cool, too. Oh, man, I want to watch it all over again. It's such a great trailer. Ooh, yeah. I'm also really excited for Warrior Genevieve O'Reilly as Von Mothma because it really looks like her 
her role is going to be very important in this film and she's yes. going to get a lot to say and that's great justice after her scene was cut out of the final cut of revenge of the sith this is going to be like our one big chance to get a six inch black series my mothma figure <laughs> and i really hope that they do that but i don't know they got a lot of figures to make from this movie yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Um, Did you guys uh, buy any Rogue One figures? Uh, yeah, I I got the uh, I got the little figurine set from Disney Store because I wanted to get the Shore Trooper that was in there for my Shore Trooper collection. And <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Rogue One! I I I'm gonna t- I'm telling you guys now, I dropped like four hundred dollars <laughs> that weekend. <laughs> It was, awesome. it was intense. It was intense because I I pre-ordered the uh, short trooper from Sideshow Collectibles. I pre-ordered oh, wow. the figure arts figure from uh, what's it? Uh, Big Bad Toy Store, and that was like eighty dollars. And, <laughs> and I, you're, I, doing, you're pulling a me right now. <laughs> I did, I did so much that weekend. I'm trying to think of what else. I, I got some of the pops. I also got you know, obviously the Soka pop that came out a few days later. Um, the Sabine pop, the scare, the Scarif Trooper pop from Walgreens. I I I, the, I got two. I can't. I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but those little figures, the little Disney, uh, Disneyland, Disney World figures, the eaches or whatever they are. Those two variants, I got them off of eBay, and they were super expensive because obviously those jerks charge you more. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait. I need this for my collection. So yeah, I spent money on that, and yeah, I spent a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and I really, I really hope you don't watch the movie and be like, that was the worst part of the movie. <laughs> Can you imagine? And then me trying to sell it off. Nobody yeah, wants you'll, it. You'll call me. You'll be like, hey, you don't have any of this yet, do you? <laughs> Oh no! I, oh, I know I'm gonna. Fantastic. No, I know they're not gonna even be shown. Watch them be like a a, a glimpse of those short troopers, and I'm like, oh man, they didn't even get some screen time. <laughs> Speaking of characters that I didn't expect to get screen time, uh, and I guess I won't dilly dally on that trailer too much longer after this because we do have an Ahsoka review to do. Uh, Edrio two tubes and what looks like his partner both made an appearance in this yeah. uh, trailer. So that's really interesting. They're allies of Saw Guerrera, and I'm kind of interested in what what that means because the two characters are like eggmates, so I guess they're like brothers or twins. And then they have all these other uh, mercenaries, which is uh, what they are. They have like a whole crew of mercenaries, and they're helping the rebellion out. So. I'm excited to see what happens with those guys. And yeah, I'm excited for Rogue One. I'm stoked. Yeah. All right. Uh, So without further ado, dear listeners, uh, we're about to go into an Ahsoka review. So uh, if you have to leave now, thank you for listening and goodbye. And please leave us a good review and email us and tell us that you love us because we love you. And thank (laughs) you. All right. All right. All right. They're gone. Uh, Just came out this week. We're all excited about it. Huh? God. I said Maul. <laughs> <laughs> Maul is an Ahsoka novel, indeed, and he starts he starts the novel up uh, off in the, with the Siege of Mandalore. So I was really excited to read that, and the fact that Ahsoka did that all by herself, like that was her and her troops, and that was something that like Anakin kind of like granted back onto her at the last minute before he took off for the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. So. Jeremy, let's kick off with your thoughts on the Ahsoka novel. Overall, I enjoyed it. Here and there, I... Oh, how to explain this? <laughs> it's a lot to unpack. Mm. There, a lot happened in this book. Really? Because I thought it was the opposite. 
<laughs> really? Yeah, I thought personally. I thought I went in with a lot of expectations. I don't know what See, I that's, was. That's uh, where I think. That's where that's where I went wrong. Be. Yeah, that's where I went wrong, and I I knew it because I because I once I started reading it, and I swear by like chapter seven, I was like, "Is this really? Where is this going?" And I was actually very frustrated, <laughs> and I had to keep it to myself because there was no one that I could talk to with it at the time. So I was just like, "Why is this not picking up?" And I totally understand. You know, there are emotions and things that need to be processed after what happens with Order 66 and stuff. But again, like I went in with expectations like, oh, we're going to get Siege of Mandalore. We're going to see what propels Ahsoka into this time period. We're going to see all these other things. And then we just got like her maybe 10 chapters worth on a planet, on a backwater planet somewhere. And I'm like, this isn't really going anywhere. And finally, chapter 16, it really picks up when they introduce Bale and uh, the sixth brother. Those chapters before i was just like man this is this is really slow and (laughs) and i felt like nothing was happening during that it was nice information overall the book was great i mean in in its own little story but it it really didn't give me what i was seeking out of an ahsoka story especially after reading something like lost stars which is also a young adult novel so i was expecting that level of detail and that level of diving into a character's story that's I, that's pretty much exact. I would agree with all of that. Mm-hmm. The middle part was just kind of a slog. Unfortunately, my two favorite parts of the book were the part with Maul and the part with Obi Wan. <laughs> oh yeah, and then that's the thing, Obi Wan. That was a random interlude, which was great. It was a great interlude, but again, it was just like, how does this affect Ahsoka right now? This would be great in its own book, which we kind of got in Kenobi, which is Legends. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, yeah. A, but that's what I would say. Yeah, the, the stuff where she's on the outer rim and all that stuff is it's it's kind of a slog. But when this, yeah, with the sixth brother and the kyber crystal, or not the kyber, you know what I mean, the lightsaber crystals and yeah. the, all that stuff. That stuff was pretty good, and the Rex stuff was heartbreaking. Yeah, the Rex stuff was, and that's another thing. Like, oh, that was so good. Did Rex take out his chip before? Did he check it out after? How did he save Ahsoka? You know, what? I, like, there were so many details that I wanted, and it was left to our imagination. Again, Dave Filoni always leaving things to our imagination. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, and that's great. I love thinking things on my own, but I like it when there there's a sufficient amount of details for me to work with. And, and uh, another thing was her original characters, like, Caden and Zelda and Varton, like these characters were pretty cool, but they were pretty flat. I didn't like them. Zelda, Zelda, I want to learn so much more about Zelda, and he was mainly mm-hmm. in the background somewhere. And same for Varton, I wanted to learn more about Varton, and again in the background. They didn't do anything for me the whole time. I was just like, give me, like you said, give me things, give me the details I want and the things that I want to know. And I don't care about these other characters, like, pretty much at all. Kaden mm-hmm. was cool. I liked her crush on Ahsoka. That was so sweet. Yeah, I thought I, that it, was kind of cute. It was kind of cute, but I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> like, but, but then again, I wasn't the biggest fan of Lost Stars, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. So, and, I, and it's not because it's a young adult book. I've enjoyed plenty of young adult books. And the, that the format and all that doesn't bother me. It's just... Sometimes with a young adult book, it it gets a little bit bogged down in those kinds of things. And then we do miss out on some of the smaller details because of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I definitely agree that this was like, this novel was very 
short in comparison to my expectations, especially after Lost Stars, after Bloodline. I was expecting something with more longevity as far as like the time we spent with Ahsoka. I wasn't thinking we'd spend a total of a month or so with Ahsoka. I I thought we'd spend a very long time with her, like figuring out what happened and going through that siege of Mandalore. And so just to see that it was kind of like a, a flashback was a little disappointing to me, but I am a really big force lore hound. So I really like stories about how the force works because there's there's always there's an, not always new rules, but there are there are rules that are unexplored yet. And it's still kind of a story that's being unfolded and told. And there's a lot of really cool stuff about the crystals in this uh, oh, yeah. story. Yeah. And I really appreciated that, like the way especially the knowledge that like crystals can be turned like they're not grown a certain like color if they're red they could be corrupted and then turned back and i I, the only thing that i'm upset is uh i haven't connected the dots i guess as to like the direct correlation of why ahsoka's blades are white like she returned them to the light but she's not a light side jedi so i don't know (laughs) maybe the force isn't as strict as i think it is do you think because it's ahsoka and all of the all of the things that tie to that name and that character and what she represents and how big the fandom is around her and the hype around the book that this book could have, this book could only have been a disappointment at this point. Right. I wish that it had been marketed. I mean, I guess there's no really way to market it as like, Hey, this is an adventure with Ahsoka, not time with Ahsoka. Cause I, I read it. And when I was reading it, I got that same feeling that I did when I was reading dark disciple where it's like, Oh, I'm reading a set of Clone Wars episodes, you know, like it, it really, it really kind of felt like that kind of pacing. And while I love the story, that kind of pacing didn't work for me as a book. And so I agree with you there that that in itself is a disappointment, but yeah, I don't, I wasn't like, I wouldn't say disappointed as much as like, I, I don't know. I guess it is disappointing. I was more hyped than I should have been for this book. Right. Yeah. It's it's really just a blip on the radar. Like they, it's just yeah. a good start to what could be more good books. Like, I, well, will we get one? I, I don't have no yeah. idea. And like, I would love that, especially the way they left it, where she identifies now herself as Fulcrum. So like, now I want to see, you know, how does she develop contacts? How does she? Uh, I don't successfully... think they're going to go into that. No, I don't think so either. But I'd love to learn. Like, um, you know, what successes she's had, what failures she's had as Fulcrum. How does Hera come into play? Like, Star Wars Rebels would then pick up. Um, yeah. and, and we didn't get that. It's just a, a, a blip right there. And it came and went. And I, like I said, I, it's a good start. It's a good novel. It's just... Again, it's it didn't live up to the hype, and and that was that's that's the disappointing part. E. K. Johnson is great. I love how she captured Ahsoka's voice. She did a great mm-hmm. job on that, and and that was the, one of the things that worried me the most. Like, is, is Ahsoka going to actually be Ahsoka in someone else's hands? So, and, and she did a great job on that. Um, it's just that there were other things that were pretty much misses, but overall, it was it was a good book in it of itself. 
Yeah. Does it make you more disappointed that we didn't get this as a Clone Wars arc? Yeah, because if we had gotten the the episode or in, in some form or another, then I guess I would have accepted the whole flashback thing. But I really, yeah. like, those details, it's just that part of her story that really, like I said, propels her forward. I wish we could have gotten that in more detail. Well, to round this out, uh, I do, going back to timing, I do like the way the timing of the fulcrum kind of story is paced the way where where it's stated in Ahsoka and it was just stated in Rebels and it kind of broadens the title yeah. from something yeah. that belongs to Ahsoka to something that Ahsoka came up with that's used throughout the Rebellion. Yeah. So I think that's about it for this episode. Uh, do you guys have any final thoughts or are you about ready to rock and roll? Final thoughts. Hmm. I really want a uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Darth Maul <laughs> should be in Darth Maul should be in everything. <laughs> no, uh, Jeremy. Hockey sent me a care package today and I think it gave myself a headache from eating too much candy. So oh. I'm gonna go drink some water. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I need to get I need to get better at getting free things in the mail. <laughs> I don't know how that even happened. I was basically like, but would you give me candy? And they were like, Yeah, we're gonna give you some candy. <laughs> and, and then you were nom 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 nom. <laughs> yeah, now I have candy and a shirt, which is great. <laughs> oh, it, was, man. it was nice. Um <laughs> So, whereabouts can we find you guys on the interwebs, Jeremy? You can find me on Twitter at Jeremy Ohio, and right now that is it. And Jonah, you can find me on Twitter as at BlueJGuys and at thewookiegunner.com. And you guys can find me anywhere on the internet by looking for O Katrina O H C A T R I N A, and check out the Wookie Gunner, of course, and check us out on Twitter at team underscore Kanan. And if you guys have any thoughts or comments about the episode or the latest episode of Star Wars Rebels or any theories or any other sort of things that you want to say to us, you can contact us at contacthwtk at gmail.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes, please do leave us a nice rating. And if you have a problem with the podcast, you can take it up with me. Dr. <laughs> Afra. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You can take it up with Dr. Afra. I've got some murder bots who want to talk to you. Um, <laughs> until next time, thank you very, very much for listening to the podcast. And may the force be with you always. Goodbye. And this is going to be a fun episode with Hera. Woo! Yes, <laughs> and now, Jeremy, she be, won't die. Will it be Hero. fun, though? <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, stop with your theories. <laughs> Never. All right, you guys. <laughs> I'm going to let you go. Okie dokies. Talk Good to you guys night. later. Bye.